0: Thank you for downloading and listening to the Bream Bible Church Sunday morning podcast. Bream Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington. Morning worship at 11 and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.breanshoreline.org. We had a great day of basketball yesterday uh, and uh, it's great ministry. uh, We got off to our Wednesday night program going again last week. And uh, but I do want to thank you for coming. I was thinking, as Kevin was mentioning, about uh, asking people to come forward and it's a decision to say, no, I don't, I don't have to do that. Uh, you don't have to be here today. You know, I, I never get up Sunday morning and think to myself, oh, I wonder if I'll go to church today or not. Right? I'm the pastor. You know, I'm going to be here. And you have the opportunity. There are so many things that are vying for your attention. Uh, for your time. and I know so many of you, you you're so busy, and I know many of you that are, are working so many hours, and then you come here, and like our brother Dan Royal was here 10 hours, I think, yesterday running the basketball league, and the rest of you. So many things you give this church ministry, and uh, for you to just to come when you could be somewhere else, I just want you to know uh, that we as your church leaders, we really appreciate it. God bless you, and I hope that the, your time here today is Something that when all is said and done, you'll leave this place uh, saying my my heart was drawn toward the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what really matters. That's why we're here today. Amen? Amen. So that's why I thank you for coming and joining us. And I too want to just put in my little uh, endorsement. I hope you'll come and join us on the 28th for this meeting after the morning service. Um, Obviously, we're going to present some significant uh, possibilities for remodel plans here. We want our church to be fully accessible to everybody. We want it to be a place that is really conducive as we look forward to the next 54 years. We've been here for 54 years. God's blessed us. And uh, we look forward to the next 50 years if he doesn't return. And uh, we want to be a place that is open uh, to the to our community, to the fellowship, to worship, and all we can to, to make this the, the, this the best we can. And uh, two years have gone into talking and thinking and working and planning to present this to you, and uh, but it's not something we can present in bits and pieces. It, is, it wouldn't make sense. So it is important. If you could join us the 28th, we're going to have lunch. We're going to have a meeting back in here afterwards so you can see and hear clearly. And this is not a congregational meeting because it's not for church members. It's for the church family, for everybody. If you're here today, you're part of our family. And so I really want to encourage you that's all possible, to plan to be here on that. It's going to be exciting days, and it's going to be a wonderful day, and I look forward to you participating with us. I got a a book for Christmas this year, as you can imagine, and uh, this one's from my son, my son Jim. By the way, uh, he is going to be preaching next Sunday. So next Sunday, Jim Shemaria is preaching, just slightly younger Jim Shamaria. and uh, you'll have to indulge me. Yes, last Sunday, that was my son-in-law that preached, Pat McGillicuddy, um, he is a professor at Grace Bible College and Jim also teaches there as an adjunct and he's pastor back in Michigan. For the last several years when they've come out for the holidays, I've asked each of them, Can you guys, would you like to preach this week? And uh, it didn't work out. And they, sure they both said yes. So you have to indulge uh, indulge me um, that next Sunday my son Jim, who's pastor in Michigan, will be uh, uh, coming and he'll be sharing God's word with you. I think, uh, I, and I'm going to be here again, <laughs> okay, he gave me a book for Christmas by Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson, I, I really enjoy his writings. Uh, I read his book uh, years ago when I first started out pastoring his church. Several of his—he's written several books. He's a pastor. He actually taught. He actually graduated from South Pacific University, if I'm not mistaken. That like I know he is. Yes, and he uh, taught at Regent's College, and uh, he's just a pastor's pastor, and has a pastor's heart. And the book he—the book he wrote, and I got this year is called "Eat This Book." Eat this book. and the uh, subtitle is "A Conversation in the Art of Spiritual Reading. So let's have a word of prayer and then we will eat God's word, and I'll tell you where that comes from. Father, we thank you for the privilege to come and our children left. And they were excited to go today, and that was good to see, Lord, to see them want to be together, want to worship and learn together and be with their friends and their leaders. and I want to ask you to bless them, Lord. Bless our early childhood group, those in our nursery. Uh, What a privilege it is and the freedom we have to come and to raise our young people in the things of God and to share with them the joy of salvation in Jesus Christ. And as we open our hearts now toward your word, we open your word, and, Lord, we pray that it's your word that would be heard, that our hearts would be open and sensitive to your word, and we thank you for that. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, one more thing before we move ahead. I just want to also admit, uh, I've been getting the carrying bridge from my brother, Kurt Olson. And uh, he's hoping, Sylvie is hoping to come home this weekend, maybe today. He's hoping to come home from the hospital today. His numbers are good from his, uh, his transplant, his stem cell transplant. Uh, like we said, going into it, he was a fairly high risk, but things are doing well. And he's coming home today, so uh, Lord bless you guys for hosting them. And uh, we'll continue to pray for Kurt, okay? Continue to pray for him in his full recovery uh, with this uh, leukemia situation. That was such good news to hear. Good news. God's Word is good news. Eat this book. In the Bible, where this title comes from for this book that Eugene Peterson wrote, Eat This Book, in Revelation uh, chapter 10, some of you in Bible study fellowship. Last year you, were, you study Revelation. And this year you're in Romans, okay? And uh, I know it's going to be it's a great study. I think you're moving into Romans 8 uh, this coming week. You'll be in 8, 9, 10, 11 coming up. And Lord bless you for being part of a Bible study fellowship. And last year they studied Romans together, uh, Revelation together. In Revelation chapter 10 and verse 9, Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me once more, Go, take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel, this Gigantic angel, this this vision he had of this angel. Go take that scroll that lies in his hand of the angel who was standing on the sea and on the land. Large angel. I went to the angel and I asked him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and I ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. And when I eaten it, my tongue had turned, my stomach turned sour, and I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. This tradition of eating the scroll at John the Apostle, this old apostle living on the island of Patmos, oldest of the apostles, we think, in his 90s probably, as he had this vision, he was told in the Old Testament tradition, take that scroll and eat it. And the, 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 the picture there is, I think, is very, um, very strong. This idea of internalize it. Take it. Make it part of your life. Because you are going to have to go and prophesy and speak to your people. And some of the things you're going to say to your people are going to be very hard. Some are going to be very pleasant and wonderful. and Some are going to be hard. But you must take it and you must internalize it. It must become part of your life. This is not just something you, you just read. This is not the evening news. This is, this is something that you must make a part of your whole being. And this is an Old Testament tradition back in Ezekiel chapter 3. And I, I've been doing some studying Ezekiel because I'm contemplating a Sunday night series. We're not quite ready for that yet. We're going to finish some more time in Acts, but we will come back to Ezekiel. But as I was reading Ezekiel, it just kind of connected with this, um, the book, because in Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, We have the same thing. And he said to me in chapter 3, verse 1, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. And he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you. Fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. And then he said, you are being sent to the house of Israel. These are not a people that don't know me. These are people that know my word. You go and speak them. But before you do, before you speak on my behalf, before you bring my words to them, you must internalize these. These must be part of your being. Eat this scroll. Take it in. Make it part of your life. And then you can go and you can talk to others. In Jeremiah chapter 15 Jeremiah says this, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. So, do you get the picture? Do you get where this title came from? Eat this book. Subtitle A Conversation in the Art of Spiritual Reading. And I haven't, I'm, I'm just working through the book now, okay? But the whole point of this book is the value of God's word. And how it must become part. Of, and friends, as we look forward to this year, 2018, I would love this to be. This is going to be an important year for our church, in many ways. And I would love this to be the the year of the book, the year of the book, the year of the Bible. We are we are the Brean Bible Church, the Brean Bible Church. We're going to gather on. Uh, we gather today to 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 the memory of Julie's mother, and this flower arrangement here is in memory of Julie's mother. And, we're, and, and it's to remind us that she was loved love the Lord and a faithful servant of God. We're going to gather on Thursday to remember our brother Norm MacDonald, who had such an important part in my life. Uh, I can tell you there, I can think of three very distinct points in my life that uh, my course was, 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 was directed by something Norm counseled me with and talked to me about that I could have gone a different direction. And uh, he was a father to many of us here, not just uh, Mark and Craig and Scott and Kathy, but he was a father to many of us here. And he loved the book. He loved the book. He loved to teach the book. And, and this, I would like this year to be the year of the book, the year of the Bible. And I'd like you to turn to Nehemiah chapter 8 for us this morning as we consider this. Nehemiah chapter 8, an Old Testament account. Nehemiah chapter 8. The context is the people of Israel had been, because of their lack of reading, listening to, and doing God's word, the book that he gave them, the book of the law, that God said, don't let this depart from your hearts. Don't let it leave you. Tie it, as, 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 uh, tie it on your hands. Tie it around your foreheads. And you've seen the Teflon that Orthodox Jews wear, the little box on their forehead, the little box on their hand that has scripture, the little mezuzah on the doors you kiss and you, you touch when you walk in and out the door. And inside that little mezuzah is supposed to be a small portion of scripture. It's to remind this idea that this should always be in front of you, something tied to your forehead you would never miss seeing, something tied to your right hand I would never miss seeing. This is to be a part of your life, and it became not a part of their life. And they neglected it, and they turned from God, And they got involved in all sorts of idolatry and sinfulness. And God warned them by the prophets over and over and over again. If you don't stop this, you are going to lose this land. You will lose my blessing. All you have to do is obey me. and You will be blessed above all people. But they didn't. And they lost the land. And they went into captivity. The ten tribes were destroyed and spread throughout the earth, never to return until modern times. The tribes of Judah and Benjamin were taken to Babylon for 70 years. Modern day Iraq. For 70 years. So when they came back, it's a whole new generation that was allowed to come back by the king of Persia. The king of Persia, after conquering Iraq, God put it in his heart to to let them go back to rebuild their temple. And they went back under Ezra. They went back under Nehemiah. About 50,000 of them. Many who had never lived in Palestine. They were raised in Babylon. The older ones who came back wept when they saw the temple being built because it didn't compare at all to what was destroyed. The younger ones were thrilled to have it again. They're in a land of a different language. They left this land. They came back. And after the point in Nehemiah where they are getting some security around building the walls around this temple so the temple can be built, at the very end of chapter 7, it says, When the seventh month came... And the Israelites had settled in their towns. Now you just need to know the seventh month for Israel is our September, October. It's the new year. The first year of the month is Passover coming up in April. The seventh month is the fall. But because of the fall harvest and because this is the agricultural people, this is the new You probably heard Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish new year. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. You read the book of Leviticus and these feasts that take place in that first month of the year. And this is the first one on the first day of the seventh month. The new year for Israel is the feast of trumpets. It's a joyous day. It's a happy day. It's a celebration. I mean, feast of trumpets, right? If I had a feast of trumpets up here, that would be happy, right? That would not be mournful. It's a happy day. And it's on this day, on the first of the seventh month. The people gather. And notice what it says. All the people assembled as one man, one person in the square before the water gate. We don't know which was the water gate. It might have been the one by the Gihon Spring. For those who have been to Israel, uh, just the south of the eastern gate that we looked at. We looked at the eastern gate across there. Just the south most likely was where the water gate was. We don't know for sure exactly. They told Ezra the scribe. They, that is the people, told Ezra, Bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So, on the first day of the seventh month, Feast of Trumpets, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men. No, notice, men and women and all who were able to understand. That's a way of saying children. Okay, so we could just say men and women and children. The children that were above the age of accountability that could understand. They were invited to come. These children that went out the door, they would be invited to come. He read it, that is Ezra, read from the law aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. The rabbis believe it was on the it was on the uh, Temple Mount in Jerusalem, is where he built this platform. And on his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, Messiah. On his left were Padiah, Michelle, Malkijah, Hashum, Hashvedana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. And they bowed down, and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. I want you to notice who initiated this. You notice it doesn't say, Ezra and these men listed here got together and said, listen, we need to do something. Our people need... No, the people... The people came to it came to Ezra and they said, "We want you to read God's law. They didn't have the they didn't have the law. You have to understand the world is so different for us today i i have I have many Bibles I have you have Bibles on your phone on your tablets. you have access anytime you want to the Bible. This is a relatively new thing in history I mean even. You know, a couple hundred years ago, the affordability of having books and printed material. Going back to the Reformation 500 years ago, when when Martin Luther, when it was sola scriptura to put the word of God in people's hands. How dare they do that? People literally were martyred for believing that Christians should have God's word in their hand. No, it belonged to the priests. It belonged to the church, not the people. And in this day, there was these people didn't have a scroll at home. They didn't have Ezra, we want to hear the word. We want to hear God's word. Bring it out and read to us. We will come. They initiated it. The people, it was put in God's heart. And friends, every revival that's ever taken place among God's people, Old, New Testament, and in our history as a church, has to do with God putting in their hearts a desire to hear his word, to eat the book to internalize it, to make it a part of their lives. If you took time, I want you, if you just take time and note, in this whole entire passage we're looking at this morning, the phrase, the people, you will find it 13 times. You will find the phrase, all the people, nine of those times. If you add in there the other phrases about the people, men, women, and all who can understand, If you read through it, if I I take time and read through it and emphasize every time we came that you would see that is the significant feature of this passage along with the idea of the Word of God. The Word of God and the emphasis on the people. The people who want to hear it. The people who should hear it. The people who respond to it. The people whose lives are changed by it. This is the emphasis in this passage, friends. The people. They have a longing for God's Word. They've been in exile. They were told by the prophet Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people have been destroyed because they don't understand God's Word. They were told in the Torah, in the books of Moses, bind it upon your hands. Put Put it in your hearts. Don't let it depart. You can do this. And they were destroyed because they no longer knew God's word. I want you to notice also how they respond. When we read scripture today, what did, what did John and Faith ask us to do? Huh? Stand. This is, what, this is something that the church has been doing. Christians and Jews have been doing this based on this passage here, really. This is what gives this impetus. This idea that they just, no one said, Ezra didn't say, okay, I want you to stand up. They stood. They just stood out of respect and reverence for God's word. They were going to hear the words of God. So they stood. They stood all on their own. They stood up. They had respect. They built this platform. The rabbis believed it was in the temples I mentioned. And it says the people, when they heard God's word, what did they do? That's verse 6. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Simply in the Hebrew, that is a Hebrew word. You know Hebrews, Amen. That's it. It that means so be it. I agree. And they bowed down and then they worship with their faces to the ground. Nobody told them to do this. Nobody told them to do this. It was a spontaneous response. Ezra, please read us God's Word. We we haven't been hearing it. And they heard it. And as he got ready to read it, they raised their hands and they said, Hallelujah, Amen. And they bowed down and they worshipped God. And then they stood again for the reading of God's Word. Eat this book. At this critical time, the people want to hear, they long for God's word. Do you long for God's word? Do I long for God's word? I mean, it's easy for me, right? I'm a pastor. You expect me. You expect me and Gary and, and Kevin and Susie when we're hearing the, that because we're involved with God's word, you expect us to, it must be easy for you to just long for God's word. No, we're just like you. I'm just like you. Uh, I get diverted. In fact, the word of God can become academic. The Word of God can become something I study to prepare messages. Do I worship God through this Word? Do we only worship through music? Listen, friends, the music we sing is based on the message of this Word. That's the whole point of it. That's the whole point of it. That's why we sing words that are biblically based and, and, and generated. We worship God. Do you long for God's Word in your life? Do you ever, is there ever a, a famine in your heart for God's Word? How, how long can I go? How long can you go without eating God's Word? It's amazing, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's amazing sometimes how far we can go and forget to be in God's Word, His Word to us. At this critical point, these people wanted to eat this book. They knew listen it was it was a tenuous time. This is not some great military victory. this is a, a a small group. Most of the Jews stayed in Babylon. most of them didn't even come back. It was a hard life there It was much better in Babylon. Most of them stayed there you You might have too. I often think of the pioneers that came across, and I think I probably would have stayed in Chicago. <laughs> you know I'm not that kind of person i'm not a I'm not a pioneer most of them didn't come i like chicago too by the way you know and, and 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 they came back and they were surrounded by enemies and they were it was a tenuous time the the temple was built but it wasn't like the old one the walls were going up but they they weren't going to protect them and they needed god's word and look how it's presented this is amazing i don't know how god explain this to Ezra. But look what it says here, verse 7. The Levites. And listen, their names are here. We should read them. Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabathai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kalita, Azaria, my grandfather's name, Jozabedad, Hanan, and Peliah. Now notice, the Levites, this is so critical that the Levites do this in smaller groups although they're they're large, small groups because all the people are there. They instructed the people in the law, in the Torah, in the law of Moses, while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God. Now notice, making it clear, giving the meaning so people could understand what was being read. You see, these people, they spoke Aramaic. It's a, it's a related tongue, but it's not exactly the same as Hebrew. Some of them were raised in Babylon. They spoke another language. They probably learned Aramaic at home, maybe. I don't know if you've ever put your hands on, I could give you one. I have a copy. I have a facsimile copy of the original King James Bible, right? For those of us of my generation and older we were raised in the King James Bible, right? I mean, we're very familiar with it. If I put in your hands the original King James Bible, you would not be able to just sit and just read it. Do you know why? English has changed. There are letters that are, are different, that make a different sound than I'm used to. And I have to stop and think, okay, that really is an S, not an F. That really is... Is, a, is, is a, a V, not a U. I mean, there are letters that are different. Languages change, so this would be like it would be like you, me, it be like me, trying to read the original King James, even though you speak English. It would be difficult. So what the Levites did? First of all, they took this original Hebrew and they put it in their tongue. They put it in Aramaic, so that they could. Oh yeah, I get that. I understand what they're saying. Then they, so they translated it. We have Bible translations. This Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. And you and I could not just sit and open it up and read that. Even if you're good at Greek and Hebrew, this it, is not that easy. But people have worked hard to put it in the English, put it in the Spanish, put it in the German, put it in the French, put it in the Swahili, put it in the Bemba. So people have the Bible in their language. But not only did they put it in their language, they interpreted it for them. I mean, if, if if you had never read this book, and maybe you here today, maybe you haven't read, maybe this is, you know, and I appreciate it. I'm glad you're here. Maybe this is all new to you. and say, what? what does the Bible say? Eat this book. If you just read that on your own, you'd think, well, what kind of instruction is that? You're not going to eat a book. That's not even healthy, right? Where would you start? You know? <laughs> you know? But... You know, this is—it might be new to you. So, okay, well, let me help. Let me help. Let me interpret. Let me help you understand. Okay, here's what the author's really talking about. Here's the point of this. The point is that yes, maybe they—maybe they, as a maybe as a visual sign to their people, Ezekiel actually ate the scroll. I think he probably did. But I'm not asking you, and God's not asking you to eat the scroll. But we are asking you to read it, to think it. You know, we use the term, well, let me chew on this for a while. Meaning what? Let me internalize it. So this is what they did. And, and if you're if you're new to the Bible, there are many things you're going to read. Say, well, this, I can, let us help you. Let us help you. Let us help. Us. This is what the Levites did. They helped them to understand. They, In fact, the Hebrew word here is paras. It means to break into parts. Let me break this into parts. Let, let's talk about this. The Levites had studied this. They learned it. Let me help you understand this. Let me break it into parts for you. Let's talk about it. I love this picture of people getting together in groups around the Levites and talking about it, putting it in parts, understanding it. We'll, we'll, we'll translate it for you to your language. That's been done for us. I don't have to do that for you. We as teachers and pastors and leaders and elders and and Sunday school teachers, children, youth leaders, our job is to help. We did not write it. We are not the final authority. And if I teach you something from this book that you read and say, wait a minute, Pastor Jim, that's not what I get. You have every right to talk to me about that. I've told you before and I'll tell you again, if you're ever in a church where someone says, don't you dare question the pastor, you have no right, you're in the wrong church, friends. You can do it with respect. You should have respect for authority, yes. But the whole point is this is God's Word, not Jim's Word. And if I'm wrong, and I have been wrong, then you have to help me. But this is my role as pastor, to help teach it. Pastor Kevin and Gary, we to teach it. To help you, our teachers, to teach it, our youth sponsors, to teach God's Word. This is what we're going to do. Sometimes we might need help, too. (laughs) You know, say, wait a minute, let's talk about this. I think we consider this. Yes, we'll consider this. But this is our responsibility as a church to help you understand God's Word. And look at the response. I want you to notice the response, finally, our last point this morning. The people are eating the book. They're eating the book. They asked for it. They asked for it. And don't forget, with Ezra and with John... They were also told by the Lord, "Eat this book. It's going to taste sweet. It's going to taste good, but it's going to give you a stomachache. It's going to give you a stomachache. Why? Because after you eat it and you taste it, and it's God's word, you're going to have to tell the truth about it. And friends, that's that's not always easy. Not everybody. Want, you don't. What do we sing this morning? You notice the theme of the first few songs we sang about sinners, right? You saw the words up there, right? You don't like being called a sinner. I don't like being called a sinner. But the Bible says we're sinners. That doesn't taste so good. It tastes good when you understand what's being said. What's being said, is is, the message is, is actually quite simple. Because I really don't need to tell you that you are a sinner. When I say that, I'm not implying you are worse than me if I call you a sinner or you call me a sinner. That's not the point. The point is, we are all sinners because we are all less than perfect. We all have done things that we are not happy about. We do things every day. We give in every day to temptations, the thoughts, the things that we wish maybe we, we know that's not what we should do. It's part of our human nature. And God says, yes, I understand that. It's part of your human nature because Adam and Eve fell in the garden. If you like it or not, that's the story. That might hurt, that might be a stomach, but that's what it says. And because of that, God is holy and just, fortunately. Can you imagine what this world would be like if God was not holy and God was not good and God was not just? Can you imagine? But he is. And because of that, he wants us to come home. Sinner, come home. We sang that this morning. Why? Because he made us. He wants us back. And Jesus Christ, who we just celebrated his birth, grew to be a man and lived a perfect life because he is God himself. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All three are equally God, But he came to earth, he became a human, he lived a perfect life, and he died on the cross and became my sacrifice. He paid for my sin so I don't have to. If I'm willing to simply in humility receive and say, yes, Lord, I understand I'm a sinner. No one needs to tell me that. And I believe Jesus died for me. And I believe your wrath against my sin, your justice has been satisfied at the cross of Calvary because he paid for my sin. And I receive forgiveness and eternal life. Listen, friends, that that message gives some people a stomach ache. But if you really taste it, it's, it's a sweet message. Isn't it a sweet message? It is a sweet message. Why? Because God loves you. Look what these people did. Look how they responded. Look what they said. So they're reading the book of the law. And Nehemiah, verse 9, the governor, that is Nehemiah the leader, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is sacred to the Lord God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of God. Why were they weeping? It's the Feast of Trumpets. And, and Nehemiah, wait wait hey everybody stop stop everybody's crying and weeping and moaning and and, and and he says wait a minute, stop that Wait hold it, hold it, hold it everybody. this is a good day. you're not supposed to weep and mourn you should be happy today we're hearing God's word. why? because listen friends God's word can, can cause a stomach ache if, if you if all of a sudden these people read it and they realized how far away they had moved as a people from what God wanted. And it's why they ended up in Babylon. And they, and they were realizing it. They were confessing in their hearts. And, they, and it made them weep to hear God's word. But on this day, friends, that wasn't the point. Look what he says. I love this passage. You know this passage. Many of you, we've sung about it. Verse 11. The Levites calmed all the people. Okay, calm down now. Wait a minute. Step back for a second. Be still. For this is a sacred day. Do not grieve. But earlier in verse 10, this day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the joy of God. Listen, uh, one of the commentaries I read this week, I love how they put it, in the word biblical commentary. In understanding the details of the law, the people were left with a sense of failure and frustration only when Ezra raised their vision to encompass encompass the message of the law in its totality, a message of grace and salvation to their ancestors first and to themselves by faith. In consequence, did their sorrow turn joy. Friends, this is a message. And when all is said and done, what is the message? It is a message of the grace of God. For God so what? Loved the world that He what? Gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. This is the message that God has called us to eat and the people got it and they finally quit crying and quit weeping and just accepted, friends, that God loved them. Think of this. God loves you as much today as he is ever going to love you. There is nothing you can ever do to make God love you more, any more than any of my children or grandchildren can do anything to make me love them anymore because they're my children. That's why I love them. That's why you love your family, because it's your family. It's not because of what they do, at least it shouldn't be, based on merit. God loves you more than, as much as he's ever going to love you, and more than you'll ever understand. Because that's the kind of God he is. In the Old Testament, and actually in the Muslim world, in the Quran, they began to refer, it's actually in the Quran they referred to the Jews as the people of, of the book that's what they're called the people of the book why? because they understood that this is what they were based on and Christians therefore also became known as the people of the book as we come to 2018 friends I would love this year to be in my life in the life of my church our church, I don't say my church as as the pastor but just because I'm part of this church family too I would love this to be the year of the book. Ultimately, the year of the Lord. Because this draws us to him. You can read. You can have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. We can read God's word. But friends, more than that, we need to eat God's word. It needs to become part of our lives. It needs to become part of our thinking. It needs to become part of who we are. We need to eat this book. You know what I mean. Two weeks from today, I mentioned my son will be preaching next Sunday. The week after that, this is the third Sunday of January. Uh, we're going to start something. We're going to ask you if you'd like to to participate. The Grace Gospel Fellowship, which our brother Matt Amundsen is the current director of the Grace Gospel Fellowship. They have a program called Foundational 50. We did this a few years ago, some years ago. We're going to do it again this year. What it is, it's 50 verses from the Bible. 50 verses that you can memorize. I mean, The first one, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. That's it. There are 50 foundational verses, and the first five verses of the those 10 sets, the first five, are on the attributes of God. There'll be five verses on salvation, assurance, the Word, the Holy Spirit, witness, grace living, prayer, fellowship, eternal hope. For the next several weeks, beginning two weeks from today, because that 50 weeks will take us to the end of December. I'm going to be preaching, and wherever else is preaching on those Sundays, we're going to be focusing on that key verse for the week. That will be our theme for the week. And each one is rich. Now I'm going to ask you if you would consider joining us and memorizing eating that verse. Make it a part of your life. Think about it when you wake up. Think about it when you have a break at work. Think about it when you're walking. Think about it before you retire. To make that verse part of your life, to eat these words. We're going to prepare, as Susie actually already did this for the GGF, she put this in a form where they are in cards, and we already have sets of cards for you available. For free. And you can take that set of cards, and there'll be there'll be fifty verses. Your children could do this. Teenagers, you can do this, probably better than the rest of us. I want to encourage you, would you join us? We'll start two weeks from today. My first sermon will be on the first of the attributes of God listed. Then we're going to ask if you would join us in memorizing those verses and eating this book. In fact, it's okay. We make that commitment and hold us you can hold me accountable and say, Pastor Jim, can you tell me today's verse? The last time that happened, there were times I couldn't do it. This time I'm going to do it every week. So you can ask me. I want you to join us, would you? This is the year of the book for our church. Come on up, and let's close our song as we worship and prepare ourselves. As we leave to go to the mission field this week. Elders, a short meeting down the lower lounge for after church. What I have to take care of. And um, you know, I mentioned before that this beautiful arrangement in memory of Donna Whitaker, we're going to celebrate her life this afternoon. We have other flowers. Every uh, uh, tea of every week provides us with flowers. And, you know, it's just wonderful that we have flowers every week because it reminds us, even in the wintertime, you got these growing in your yard? (laughs) No. But we got them here. And even in the dead of winter, it reminds us that this is a new week. Today is the first day of the week. It is what Sunday? Resurrection Sunday. We worship a God of new beginnings. Let's begin anew. And if you're here today and you'd like to begin anew, to receive Christ as your Savior and forgiveness for sins, I invite you to do so even as we close in prayer. Pastor Gary, can you be available for just for a minute? Um, if anybody wants to come down and to pray with Pastor Gary, if you have questions about that or something on your heart you'd like to pray, Pastor Gary could be here. We have a prayer room right here. And uh, we'd love to do that with you. Father, we thank you for a new day, a new week, a new year to walk with you, to love you, even in difficult and hard times even in confusing times, in dark times, to look to you, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see. May we take a taste this week. And may you show us how good you are and how loving you are. And Father, if there's be a person here today who would like to receive your love and forgiveness, may they come forward and talk to Pastor Gary and pray together. To receive Christ on this first day of the week. In his name we pray together, amen.